Hi, Yvonne. And you heard about Shabbat as well, right? Yeah, I'm picking you up for Shabbat. And then if Steve and Paul get here without an incident, we'll go back with them. I talked to him. I talked to Paula Saturday. Okay. So I'm picking you up this Saturday. But they said they're coming late. They've got to go get the infusion even on Saturday and Sunday. Right, but they're coming to Shul late. Yeah, they'll come from the place that's over on Mississippi and 225. Yeah. So they've got to come. they got to be there at 8, and it takes about an hour or so. Yeah. And then they'll get over from there, but it'll probably be after 9.30 or so. I get you. I know. Oh, I got him, the girls love you to pieces. I love them to pieces. I love you. Thank you. Guys, it's just Well, because the, 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 the safaris went to a 
I mean, they wouldn't do him like that. So is that a shot to you? No, I always saw a Yes, ma'am. Right away, ma'am. <laughs> I don't mean like right. I don't know. I just put it out there. I don't want to see too high. Oh, Well, my goodness, now that I hear your terrific uh, report, I'm terrific too. I started, I thought I had one, I left home with one. Yeah, I don't think we could have knocked you over, over with a feather. Yes. Pauline Sweeney, are you going to give me a hug or what? I am. Well, come on. I'm making my way around if I'm going to. All right. I have one, but it's not as warm as For some reason, this is one This is like well, I have to tell you, this is way more. Like you. Yes. 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 Yes.
lots of good parts in it. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. I prayed for opportunities. I got to talk to Hope's boyfriend. And who has been the Lord saying that God is a man. Yet, uh, he said to me, oh, hi. No one else yeah. sitting here? Nobody's sitting there. You, you, are. you are. You are. You are. Yeah, you go ahead. Oh, yeah? There's no place for Costa. What's the answer to you? Enough to you. Did you move those two sides? Okay, you want to grab your seats? Now that Danielle and Costa are here, we can get started. Oh, that's your shirt? Oh, where are you guys? How are you? I found it. Okay. All right, folks, you're going to grab a seat. I don't want to whistle. Please don't make me whistle or yell. James has a brain or hearing aid battery, and I don't want to scorch his ear by whistling. So, anyways. So. Oh, boy. can't yell at Rosemary's Let's uh, let's have a word of prayer. We'll get started. We're a couple minutes behind here, so you want to go ahead and get started. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come tonight to look into your word, to to uh, to to honor you and to learn from you, Lord. So we pray that, that you would speak through Rabbi Hyde, that each one of us uh, would, would receive directly from you tonight. So we just ask for open minds, open hearts, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. So, a couple of bits of review before we get into uh, tonight's uh, passage and uh, topic. Okay, if you recall last week, um, the basic premise was that growth is normal. <coughs> and and I, I say that because, uh, well, first of all, that's what the good book says. And for us, when we go through challenges and difficulties, there are times when we feel like, forget this growth business. It's all I can do to hang on by my fingernails. You know what I'm talking about? Um, and yet, we're confronted with what the Word of God says, that growth is a normal part of the Kingdom of God. And you think about it, uh, growth is a normal part of life. Now, you know, when you get to advanced age such as I am, uh, the growth doesn't happen this way. It happens this way. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, think about it that if you don't have growth, you really don't have life in one form or another. And that last uh, Wednesday we talked about growth in terms of uh, what we saw in Ephesians chapter 4, and you all remember what we saw in Ephesians chapter 4, 
Okay. We need to do some review. Uh, don't turn to Ephesians 4 because we are going to focus on a different passage. Um, but let's do a quick review here. First of all, remember, as, as always, the focus is on Yeshua. Um, growth comes from Him and growth goes towards Him. Meaning that if a year from now you look at yourself and you realize that you have come to know the Lord better over the past year, then you know you're in good place. Uh, that's normal. Uh, if a year from now you, you look and you see that there's been no discernible spiritual growth in your life, you have not come closer to the Lord, then that's a real problem. It's a fixable problem, not that we fix it, but that we come and pound on His door and say, Lord, there's a problem. Um, we also saw in Ephesians 4 that part of the process involves unity. Uh, there are things that God will do for each one of us individually, things that come down the pipe between God and us. However, there are many things that will not come to us unless we are an integral part of a, of a mishpacha, of a body of believers. In other words, there are things that God will only give us as we are actively and deeply connected with a body of believers. And, and we see that, uh, especially in the last verse, in Ephesians 4, where it speaks about the fact that as each person contributes from what God had given them, then the whole body together grows towards the Lord. Which means that if, if one or more people are not contributing, then that means that the whole body suffers. And it's obviously a two-way street because we receive from what God wants us to receive and we give from what God wants us to, to give as well. Um, the unity, as we saw, is both structural in that um, as different people, different members are functioning together, then, then there's integrity of the body. You know, you don't have huge gaping holes but, but you have integrity of the body and it's also functional. And you think about how that, fu how that works physically uh, with, with the human body. You know, if the nose decides to go and strike, then the rest of the body would have major issues. Uh, and on and on and on. So, this is, uh, oh, one more item as well, as we grow towards Yeshua, part of what takes place is growth into maturity. And remember that there are two aspects of what maturity looks like, uh, at least in Ephesians 4. One is learning to sift and accept um, 
learn learn to enjoy the fruit and spit out the seed, as it were. And sometimes the seed is ginormous, and the fruit there isn't a whole lot of fruit. So sifting is part of the maturity. The other major aspect that we see in Ephesians 4 is speaking the truth, not as a club, but speaking the truth in love. So this is part of what we saw in Ephesians 4 about how we are to grow together into maturity in the Lord. So tonight we're going to look at John chapter 15, verses 1 to 16. And let's turn to that. And Mr. or Mrs. Grant, would you uh, help us with that, please? John. 1 through 16. Yes, ma'am. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he trims, so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. The branch cannot itself produce fruit unless it abides on the vine. Likewise, you cannot produce fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and is dried up. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. In this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I am no longer calling you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. Now I have called you friends because everything I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. I selected you so that you would go and produce fruit, and your fruit would remain. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. These commands I command you so that you may love one another. Thank you. There is a ton in these these verses. And, and we can spend weeks reading and studying Yeshua's words here. Uh, but tonight I wanted to take a fairly uh, specific focus. And part of it is I like to mention 
a couple of ways that we can use to study Scripture um, or principles of interpretation of Scripture. One is uh, what has been called bookends, and that simply means that Scripture is, uh, is literature, and so uh, one of the things you find from time to time are these so-called bookends. In other words, there's a statement here, and then there's a bunch of stuff, and then there's another statement here, which means that everything between uh, has something to do with those two statements. So the bookends here are John 14.30 and John 15.17. And what Linda read to us tonight is kind of between the bookends. And what we see here and here is the fact that Yeshua is saying to his disciples, um, guess what? You are going to be facing a lot of opposition. A lot of spiritual pushback. That's reality. Uh, that's what Yeshua says here. That's what Yeshua says here. And the rest of it. So here, uh, in, the, in the section 15, 1 to 16, uh, Yeshua speaks about our relationship with Him and our relationship to one another. We, it's the inward and also the external that we have to face the world. It doesn't take much of a uh, brainiac to realize that we live in a world that's not friendly to Yeshua. Uh, the other principle I wanted to mention is that of repetition. And that whenever you see uh, things repeated in Scripture a lot, it is designed to get your attention. As, as to say, okay, uh, you're hearing me. You're hearing me. Are you hearing me? And furthermore, listen. And so, uh, in this section it, particularly, we have a whole bunch of repetition. Uh, the, the word for remain or abide um, appears eight times. And... Um, Let's see, love uh, also appears eight times. And fruit appears five times, which means what Yeshua has in mind somehow is related to one of these, one of these thoughts, one of these ideas. Um, so having said, kind of giving you a, a larger overview... Um, let's talk about some of these specific things. Now, fruit bearing. Um, it has been said that faithfulness is our job and fruitfulness is God's job. Which means that we are not the ones who sit there and produce fruit and look at it and examine it. Our job is to be faithful and somehow God brings about fruitfulness. Um, that's on one hand. On the other hand, uh, what Yeshua is saying here very clearly is that we have the responsibility to bear fruit. So, how does that work? Well, first of all, um, what Yeshua says 
is simply that someone who does not bear fruit is not a true disciple of Yeshua. Now that that's a very strong statement. In fact, in, in the beginning in verse 1 and then in verse 4, Yeshua says that someone who doesn't bear fruit is taken and pitched and burned. Now, I realize that, that this is a parable, okay, which means that the Lord is not going to pick us up and throw us into a furnace. He's using the picture or a parable uh, of what happens with with a vine um, or with any kind of fruit tree or bush um, if he's, he's saying that the Father is, is the gardener um, and I'm, I don't have vines but I have roses and so I'm used to, to taking the, the snips and, and cutting them off where it seems like they're not very productive um, and so and, and you know what, what we do with the branches that are cut uh, you throw them out into the garbage so we need to be careful to understand what Yeshua is saying and what he is not saying uh, again <coughs> part of the message is that if we have the spirit of God dwelling within us we who are followers of Yeshua would all have the Spirit of God in us, right? Amen. Then fruitfulness will be something that comes about. Um, and if it doesn't come about, then we have some significant issues. Uh, so again, uh, fruitfulness is something that is normal. And then verse 16 not only does Yeshua say that fruitfulness is normal, but furthermore he says that uh, fruitfulness is something that is expected for us to, it, it is expected for us to, be, to bear fruit and to bear a lot of it. And, and uh, the kind of fruit that will not be just there and then gone tomorrow, but it will be long-lasting fruit. Yeah. We'll get to that. I'm glad you asked. Um, so part of the picture here is that Yeshua is saying that where we're not productive, the Father is going to come and bring about purging. Now, you can find that very, very uh, distressing or you can say, God, you know me. You know where it is that I'm productive. You know the things about me that are not productive. You know where things need to change. And you can take one or two approaches here. You can either say, God, I'm not interested in any more changes. I've gone through too much. Uh, I just want things to be copacetic and peaceful. Uh, basically saying to God, leave me alone. Or you can say, God, you know me. You know me better than I know myself. Uh, you know what needs to be changed. And I'm eager to participate in this work of change. And I give you permission 
to do whatever is necessary to bring about purging so that I can be as productive as you want me to be productive. Verse 16. Let's read verse 16 again. Pauline. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I selected you so that you would go and produce fruit, and your fruit would remain. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So think about the implications here. First of all, um, as we saw last Shabbat, I mean last Wednesday, um, our growth has to be uh, centered in the Lord, and in this case, our bearing fruit is not a, is not about us saying, "Wow, look at me! I am, I am producing, uh, you know, uh, six zillion fruits per cubic inch." <laughs> um, but it is designed to give glory to God, glory to the Father. And if we don't get that, we got a problem. Um, and second of all, it says that when we bear fruit the way we're supposed to, then part of the relationship is we ask and we receive. We have that confidence. When we are committed to being productive in the kingdom of God, bearing fruit in the kingdom, then we know that part of the relationship is that we pray and we have our prayers answered. As part of growth and productivity uh, in our relationship with the Lord. So, uh, part of our security then is saying to the Lord, Lord, uh, have at it. Now, part of the issue then is simply what happens when we go through dry times. And we all go through dry times where it doesn't seem like we are being very productive for the kingdom, where we have a hard time praying, we have a hard time reading the Word, where, where our spiritual life is, seems to be pretty minimal. Um, that happens to everybody. However, if that remains the state of affairs, then we have a real problem. Because the Word of God says that a basic definition of a disciple of Yeshua is someone who bears fruit, someone who's productive. So when we find ourselves in, in a place of dryness, uh, we recognize that this is not normal and that God has a different plan and we pound on His door and we wait for that change to come about. Because the Word of God says to us in more than one place that growth is normal. Bearing fruit is normal. Being productive is normal. And part of what happens when we go through dry times and we go through difficulties is that all we can consider, all we think about is, God, get me out of here. I'm, I'm a mess. Uh, I, I want to be fixed. Fix me already, and etc. Uh, and the Lord's call to us is to say, look beyond that. Look beyond the fact that you need healing or becoming uh, strengthened, etc. Look beyond that to the fact that I've called you to be productive. Set your, set your sights further along, further out, not just me, I'm a mess, fix me. Um, and so this is a challenge for all of us 
And it, it also means that we learn to say, um, God, I trust you. I trust you. Even though right now things don't look real good, I trust you. So, let's talk about fruitfulness, fruit-bearing. Um, what does Yeshua say here about fruit? What do you notice about fruit in, in this section? It's his desire to help there to be fruitfulness. Okay, that's the goal, the, the objective. Okay. He's glorified. So it, uh, fruitfulness brings glory to God. Okay. What else do we see here in, in uh, chapter 15? It's tied to remaining in Him and His care. Okay. We'll talk about what remaining or abiding is about. Okay. And, and knowing that he'll be with us every step of the way, trust. Mm. Which will come back to remaining. Right. Um, so that's all Yeshua is saying here about fruit. He doesn't say fruit looks like this, this, or this. So uh, then we come to other places in the New Covenant um, where, where we see different uh, descriptions of what the fruit looks like. Can you think of any, any places that refer to fruit, uh, for example, in the letters, in the epistles? Fruit of the Spirit. Okay, fruit of the Spirit. All right. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? Kindness. Let's read Galatians 5. ladies back there. Rachel, you look like you're wanting to read. If you find it. Um, chapter 5, what verse? 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Okay. So, question for you. Can any one of us check off all aspects of the fruit of the Spirit and say, I've got this, 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 all the way down? Tough chore. Well, is it a tough chore, Mary? Well, if you're not in, if you're not in the Word, you know, if you're not in the Word of God or in reading the, Old, the New Testament, 
of all that Jesus did and how he kept speaking of his relationship with his father, that he was continually encouraged to have joy, love, peace, patience with the people of Israel, understanding them, have kindness towards them. He is our, well, he's a teacher. And when we are in, in the knowledge of like John, you know, John 15, 14, 15, 16, how he says, how you must abide, how we must... That's, we'll get to abide in just a minute here. We must, we we have to live in encouragement to know that we can keep improving, I don't know. So, so you're saying that the fruit of the Spirit is tough. It is difficult because we, we're, our human nature always comes in to you know, trip us up. So you're saying <laughs> that the responsibility is on us to produce no, the fruit. No, but we have to always remain in the Word knowing where the encouragement is. So the question for you, for all of us, is can we produce the fruit? No. We can't create it. No, no. Branches cannot create How many say yes? How many say no? Uh, fruit of the Spirit means that it is a fruit that is produced by the Spirit. The Spirit is, is the subject. Uh, which means you and I can huff and puff and we're not going to produce one iota of the fruit. It all comes from Him. It either... And so, uh, and by the way, fruit here, we don't have fruits, it's fruit, which means uh, that's part of, the, part of a package deal of what the Spirit of God produces in us. And then we say thank you. And, and sometimes we can't even imagine that this is coming out of us. You know, patience, peace when things go wrong. Understanding, you know, we're hurt or we're trying to help someone. He gives us insight. There's so many things that are like ABC of each each gift. <coughs> we can have joy even even when we're in turmoil. But again, that that Holy comes nurturing us. Holy Spirit. And so that that means that means that we learn how to yield control mm -hmm. to the Spirit of God so that He can work. Mm -hmm. Because if, if, the, if the Holy Spirit is supposed to be producing this fruit, and if we have the reins, if we are holding the control tightly, will the Holy Spirit be producing this fruit? No. No, we will be producing fruit. And in, and in Not the right kind. And in, in, in uh, chapter uh, 5, verse uh, 19 and 20, 21, Mary, let's, let's read what we produce. Uh, on chapter 5. Chapter 5. 19. I lost the page in my travels. 19? Yeah. Sorry. That in now the works of the flesh are obvious: immorality, in, 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 impunity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, um, um, 
rivalry, jealousy, outburst, fury, acts of selfishness, dissension, factions, occasions of envy, drinking bouts, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I warned you before that the, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what is, what is that saying? What, what Paul is saying is that left to our desire, we will produce all that stuff, all that crud. However, if we learn to back off and say, God, here's control to my life, then the Spirit of God is free to do all kinds of things. Yes, sir? The key is willingness. Willingness. You have to be willing to be yielded to the Spirit. And, and that, that is a choice that we make each and every single day, baby steps, uh, in good weather, in, in stormy weather, uh, when we are rested, when we are cranky, etc. We make a choice uh, to invite the Spirit of God, the Ruach HaKodesh, to lead us. When, as that happens, then, then, then this comes about. Now, People like to make a huge distinction. There's a fruit, and then there's the gifts. You know, some people have the gifts, some people have the fruit. Well, it's a basic problem. If the Holy Spirit is working in us, will only one thing come about? No, no. Because the working of the Holy Spirit is like a multifaceted diamond or a multifaceted fruit. So yes, there will be godly character produced in us where people will look at us and say, you know, this person communicates the qualities that are godly, that are godlike. So, so the Holy Spirit builds that into us, and that becomes who we are. Now hang on, Mary. Uh, so this is one fruit. There obviously, if the Holy Spirit is working, then fruit simply means all kinds of results. So two more places I want to look at. One is Romans Rabbi David, would you read for us? Romans 1.13, please. <laughs> I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. Okay, the word for harvest there literally is fruit. So that I may have fruit among you, as I've had among the Gentiles. What does that mean? Rachel. What is Paul saying when he speaks about wanting to come to Rome so that he could have fruit among the Romans? To seek out work among them? Yeah. Basically, to minister to them and give them what it is that they need, whether they are not believers and they need to come into the kingdom or whether they're baby believers 
and they need to be brought to maturity. Basically, it means the whole enchilada. Paul, Paul is saying, I wanted to come to you guys and be able to give you what I've been giving Galatians and so forth. So here, uh, fruit means what? Building up, building up, uh, discipling, ministering, etc. So, is that only uh, the fruit of the Spirit here? No, that obviously involves Paul being able to give to them from the gifting, the grace that's been given to him. Uh, so, is there this sharp line of demarcation between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit? Obviously not. The Holy Spirit is at work. Guess what will happen? We will, our character will change and, and, and be transformed and we will be equipped by the Holy Spirit to carry out the jobs that God has given us. All of that is about God. All of that is to bring glory to the Father not to put emphasis on us. One more thing too before I give you the floor, Mary. Um, Romans uh, 15. A couple more actually. Romans 15, 28. Would you read that? Uh, so when I have finished delivering the collections safely to them, I will head for Spain by way of you. Uh, Romans fifteen twenty-eight. I'm sorry. Let's see. Uh, it's somewhere in the neighborhood. It has the word fruit in there. Yeah. Okay, would you read I that? So when I have finished this task and make certain that they have received this fruit, I will leave for Spain and visit you on my way there. Okay. So um, the word fruit is in there. Reread that again. So when I have finished delivering the collection safely to them. Okay. Yeah, and and here um, the uh, TLV, the um, Tree of Life version, instead of saying fruit, they say collection, because that's exactly what's the case. But but literally, in, in Greek, uh, the word there is fruit. So what Paul is saying, that the generosity of the Gentile believers in all these different places where they took a collection for the poor believers in Jerusalem, that that was fruit, that was a, a form of fruit that he was going to take and bring to Jerusalem for the uh, for the believers. So here, fruit has to do with generosity. And and here, I suppose you can come back to the fruit of the spirit and and character. But uh, this has to do with unity. The Gentiles recognizing that they are part of the same body. As, as the Jewish believers in, in Jerusalem, they're saying, we need to give. And, and that's what, what Paul is saying. One more place, too, um, to kind of 
summarize that fruit in Colossians chapter 1, uh, verses 9 and 10. And Karen, would you read for us? Oh dear. You knew I was going to pick on you. No, I didn't. Well, now you do. Colossians what? 1, 9 to 10. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may be you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. Thanks. So bearing fruit in every good work. In other words, God's will for us is that we would be properly equipped by the Spirit of God to bear fruit, to be productive in every single area. That's God's will. That's what God desires from us. Is for us to be prepared every single day when we get up in the morning to say, God, I want to serve you today. I'm, I'm available. Um, here I am. You're bigger than the fact that I have lumbago of the brain and uh, that, that I'm grumpy. You're bigger than all of that. I want to serve you. And here I am. Uh, fill me with the Spirit Lead me, provide opportunities so that I would be able to bear fruit in every good work. So the Spirit of God does all these amazing things. Uh, it, uh, the Spirit of God, by the way, not it, it's Him. Uh, the Spirit of God uh, produces character in us. It, it uh, gives us the power and the wisdom to know God's will, to know what, what the Father wants from us, to have the ability then to go ahead and carry it out. And all of that, at the, at the end of the day, is designed not to highlight us where the spotlight is on us, but the spotlight is on, on Him. That's normal. That's normal for the sake of Yeshua. Okay, now, I mentioned the fact that the word remain or abide appears a whole bunch of times here. I want to take some time to, to talk about that. Now, I, I have been around the block several times, as you can imagine. And sometimes part of what I, I see is that things that Scripture makes simple, people make complicated. And, and I... I have read people talk about abide in Yeshua as this mystical union with the Lord. And I look at that and I think, hmm, this is very interesting. Okay, Now, what on earth does that mean? To be in a mystical union with the Lord. Um, 
I have real problems with that kind of language simply because I remember who Yeshua was talking to. He was, talk he was not talking to philosophers or theologians. Who was he talking to? Ordinary people. Why did he use the picture of I am divine? Well, because they were surrounded by, you know, wine was, you know, growers was a, was a form of nurturing, you know. Nurturing. Well, the, the, there was there was vino there. Right. Yeah, yeah. You grew up in a synagogue. You learned the Torah and the prophets, oh, and in yeah. the prophets, Jeremiah and Hosea, the Lord refers to Israel as the vine. So but, the vine, but the vine shows the connection and the fruit that can be, you know, brought to fruition from the, the cluster, the, the vine being strong, what you're building on. Without a strong vine. But which which is the vine? Us? No, it's no. in the Lord. It's, it's the Lord, that's correct. Right, and it shows with the connection and what, how the fruit, how that vine will bear fruit by it staying close and being connected. Once it breaks off, it's no longer can be, it's no longer useful or will produce. Once, once it's, it breaks off, it is D-E-A-D, -E dead. So whatever remain means, it has to be something that the disciples of Yeshua in the first century would have some basic idea of what the Lord was talking about. Otherwise they would say, Lord, uh, Yeshua, what on earth are you talking about? Mystical union with you? Um, remain. Think about that. Um, What, what does the word remain suggest to you? Stay. To stay, okay. Uh, does that suggest staying for a couple of seconds and then bopping away somewhere? Being there for the long haul. Being there for the long haul. Uh, long haul. Or... Or continuing. Another another um, uh, synonym for remain is continue. Now think about human relationships. How do human relationships grow? Spending time together. So, whatever remain means has to do with time. And time, folks, is we don't seem to have a whole lot of since we're busy running here, there, and everywhere else. We're preoccupied. But time, however, is a clear indicator of something else. What does time refer to? Commit, okay. Spending time in the Word. Spending time in the Word. Okay, any, any other thoughts? Priority. Priority, 
Anything else? Measure of life. <laughs> more time you spend, more of your life. Huh? Okay. Uh, life. Ring. Commitment and priority has to do with cognitive, with our minds, with our with our will. What else is needed there? Communication, prayer. Yes, obviously. But our emotions, our heart. Corazón. Developing relationships. So, remember, remember that in Scripture, everything proceeds from the inside out. Everything proceeds from the inside out. And so, when we talk about bearing fruit, it first of all has to begin with with us inside here, what we allow the Spirit of God to do in us, what we allow God to come and prune what's what's not pleasing. And when the father who is the gardener comes with a pair of shears, we don't chase him away with a two by four. But we say, Lord you're right, of course you're right, you're God, and so where there are things that need to be pruned, please come and prune them. But again, this is first of all, it's a heart issue. Uh, this is not something mystical, it simply means how much do I want to give to God? Am I willing to, to say, Lord, here I am, the entire package? everything from A to Z, um, my resources, my brain such as it is, my emotions, etc. Um, <clears throat> and Yeshua says that unless we remain in Him, we're not His disciples. Now what does that suggest? It suggests that if we're not willing to remain in Him or with Him, that really means that there's no relationship. In other words, if, if we have been brought into the Kingdom of God, there's something in us that will desire us to be connected. Yes, Mary? And I also think, and we're going back to John 14, 15, I think those... The, the words of Yeshua speaking of his relationship with his father were the example to his disciples because he was talking with them, you know, how his relation with his father kept him steadfast through everything. And he was trying to encourage them to grow the same way, to seek the father. And then, of course, through the Holy Spirit, the father will enrich them to know what was important for them to, to work towards. And re remember at the very beginning we talked about the bookends. Okay. That uh, in chapter 14 and then at, at the end of this section, chapter 15, we see Yeshua saying to them, guess what? In this world you'll have trouble. Uh, that's reality. 
However, we as disciples of Yeshua cannot park on the fact that there are troubles and difficulties in this world. We take that for granted. That's, that's reality. That's normal. However, the bigger normal for us is that we have been called to remain in the vine. Now think of the implications. Uh, I, I, I sometimes like to use a plumbing analogy. I know this is not very, very uh, uh, touchy-feely here, but our, our life flows down the pipe from the Lord. And when we are disconnected or where we have brokenness, where we have leaks, we don't get what it is that we're supposed to get. So this is something that takes place for us individually, but it also takes place for us corporately because we grow together, we learn to bear fruit together, we learn to remain with Yeshua together, uh, remaining in His Word, which means that, that we learn to embrace, to read and accept and embrace and say, Lord, here I am. Totally Yours. So, do you have any questions about any of that? Um, there's so much more in John 15. I'd like to encourage you to read it and um, ask the Lord to speak to you. Um, you want me? Still want me to say something? Something about God's will? You're not sure. Yes, I do, but not. I guess. Oh, how do I say it? I was thinking like a bigger picture, like in terms of things that happen in people's lives, and you know, like like the death of a loved one, or you know what I mean? Like just that's kind of what I was talking about. Okay, like that's... circumstances as opposed to the will of God and, and doing His will. I mean, like kindness and things like that. Why, why does God allow certain things to happen? Yeah. Okay, well, that's topic for another time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's finish then with a word of prayer. James, would you do that for us, sir? <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Ruach HaKodesh. We thank you that you want us to learn to walk in your spirit, Lord. We pray you would help all of us to surrender to you. Amen. Thank you that you came and died for us and rose again. And that through you we can do anything. We thank you for your mercy and that you minister to each of us in a very tailored way. Pray you keep us all safe as we go our separate ways. And thank you for the issue with me.
uh, a ton of work done. Um, it, it was I was going to say the board looks horrible. I I hate to. It's something at the seminary I, I can't stand. Maybe a filthy board. Yeah, just so more of it. Yeah, pure. I was just wondering. I was just going so are you still teaching or is it over with the seminary? I interested in I understand one of you is a musician, or both of you. I play piano. You do play or did play? I play. Oh, she did play. He plays a lot. doesn't really want to play with me that much. Yeah, I still play and I still sing solo at our church. Do you? You record? Oh, yeah, I recorded it. I recorded an album last year. It's in, it's in Romanian, but yeah. Can you find it on YouTube or so anything? A, yeah, oh, yeah. I have a ton of stuff on YouTube. It's already Most of the songs, right? Yeah. Well, there's some other songs on there, too. But. You have a, a good size Romanian community here? We do. Oh. I mean, it's like Denver alone. Faithful Romanian? <laughs> There's like, I think, 80,000 Romanians, but like, the church is only you know, like 180. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Romanians that go to American churches. So, you have that many Romanians here? I think it's like 80,000 or is it? I have no idea. It's like that or it's about 100. Like, they used to have a festival every year. Um, the majority of them are not like they're not Relationship. Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, 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 oh
survivors of something either famine or war, disease, or, you know, hiding and But reminded that we're all survivors, and it's just interesting to see now, you know, and it's interesting. And then at the same time, you realize that people back in the days, like, when we're talking about how violence has increased overall, and people generally have become calmer, and I feel like it's almost like people tend to have, like, what they're showing this, tend to be weeded out, and they have, like, less of their offspring, that kind of thing. Not, you know, environment. So, like, most of the people today were just kind of like peacemakers. We're just like, okay, we'll do, we'll do what you say as long as we're at peace and be back. Lopez, Mary, see you, Well, I want you to consider I may be able to do one of those. I don't know. Thank you, Linda. You're welcome. cleanness. Yes. I'm really interested in history and how, how you see the flow of stuff, you know, the flow of technology and knowledge and people and yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I just tell how these flow. I don't know. All of that. Hi, Michael. Hi, how are you? Oh, good. Just Is it Dana? Me or Danielle? Okay, Miel. I'm sorry. Thank you. 